So here we are in our generous Christmas sermon series. And I love the fact that we're focusing on generosity. Because you look around Christmas and Christmas is the best time to focus on generosity. It seems like everybody is generous this time of year. Uh, or everyone is wanting you to be generous this time of year. And uh, whether it be uh, Salvation Army bell ringers, or whether it be commercials, or whether it be uh, things here at the church, or even in the community. And so people are asking you to be generous, but at the same time you want to be generous because it's that season. And what we can learn this season about generosity, we can carry that on through throughout the entire year. And so... What, what we have focused in on is that generosity is dead without leadership. Leadership and generosity combined together really is very powerful. For instance, you, you may have a generous heart. And so if you want to do something for people, just having that generous heart is not enough. You have to have action with it. You've got to have a plan. That's one of the reasons why we did Hope for Christmas. There are people like, I just want to do something. Great. You can do Hope for Christmas. And so we, we help with the leadership part. But obviously you don't need us. And so whenever you want to be generous, you combine your generosity with leadership and understand that there are things that can be done. I mean, even God showed us this. He realized that there is a sin problem whenever sin came into the world and he's He's understanding that I'm the only one, God the Father, I'm the only one who can help them. And so he provided leadership, he provided a plan. So when sin came into the world, the plan was, all right, we need to take care of that. And the only one who could do that is us, a trinity. And so he sent his son Jesus, and that plan was laid out. We can even read about that plan all the way in the book of Isaiah and some of the other prophets about God's plan of sending his son Jesus. So even God showed us this. His big heart of generosity combined with his leadership, his plan, his action is what uh, is, is how we are able to be saved and have new life in Christ and live abundantly. And that's ultimately how the church was born. Uh, last week, we didn't really meet because we had this, the big snow surprise of 2017. And um, we know that uh, there were several of you who were without power and, and electricity and heat. And so we wanted to make sure we were able to uh, check in with you guys. Um, but I do know this, that it didn't stop us from having church. So we I recorded a, a quick little sermon online. And if you have not... Uh, look to that. You can go to our website at lakepointonline.com or our Facebook page, and you can listen to that. But last week online, we focused in on the character of Joseph. Joseph, it's interesting that Joseph, you would think he would be a major character. But if the story of Christmas were played out in, in, on a stage like I'm standing on right now, Joseph would actually be a minor character. And the reason why is because Joseph didn't have any lines. He did not have any lines at all. Some of you, some of you guys out here, man, I would play Joseph if I was on the stage. I wouldn't have any lines, you know. But what's interesting about Joseph is that he's your typical male in the fact that he spoke with his actions. He didn't speak with his, his, his words. He used actions. He spoke with actions. And if we look at what Joseph did, we see a heart of generosity. 
there with Joseph. Joseph was generous at that first Christmas. You know, as we look at Joseph, we see that his world was turned upside down. Everything that he wanted to plan for, it, it was, it was uh, messed up. I would imagine that Joseph was, was a planner. You just look at the fact that Joseph was a carpenter. If you are a skilled carpenter, you're going to plan out what you're going to build. You're going to measure twice and then cut once. You're going to draw up what you're going to make, whatever that looks like. And so Joseph, being a carpenter, uh, a planner, he was someone who's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to be engaged to marry. We're, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm, I'm continue with my own business. We're going to build our house. We're going to live right here in, in, in Nazareth area. I mean, it's going to be great. And then his world got turned upside down. Mary came to him and said, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And it's not your child. Obviously, Joseph knew that. And he's like, whoa. Obviously, we don't know exactly what he said. But we can see his response. We can see his response in Scripture. And his response shows his generosity. Because again, when you want to be generous, you find a need. You find a need. You look out for a need and you provide leadership. You provide action. And so Mary was the one who needed something. When you think about it. Mary, even though she had an angel visit her, this was a scary moment. I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm pregnant, and I, I've never been with a man before. And so she, I'm sure, was, was confused, scared, but joyful, all of those things. And so she needed um, the man in her life to step up in leadership and be generous to her in the following ways. And here's what we find about with, with Joseph. Joseph was, he gave away his kindness. He was kind. You know, guys, if, if you were, were engaged to someone and you cheat, your, your, uh, your uh, fiance came up to you and said, hey, look, I'm pregnant it's going to uh, send you to the stars. I mean, you're going to go ballistic. And it's going to be like, okay, how did this happen? And so you can just imagine what Joseph was thinking at first. But his, his kindness, how he gave away his kindness, shows his generosity. Because Joseph had every right to expose the shame of Mary. Yeah, Mary said... That she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. That just didn't make any sense. So instead of exposing her shame in public disgrace. She or he, Joseph, decided to secretly divorce her. Secretly remove the engagement. And it just shows that Joseph was a kind man. He did not seek he did not seek any kind of revenge. So what we can learn from that is, is when our plans, when things go wrong in our lives, when we plan certain things and they go wrong, you lose your job, you have a bad, bad health report, you, you, you have finances issues, family issues, relationship issues, you know, there's countless of things that can go wrong. 
And when things go wrong, and it turns your world upside down, and when, when people do things to you, you want to, in your human nature, to seek revenge. Instead of seeking revenge, we need to be like Joseph. We need to be kind. We need to show kindness. Another thing Joseph did is he gave his trust. He offered his trust. When, um, when Joseph fell asleep, an angel came in his dream and, and told Joseph, look, take Mary as your wife. Take Mary as your wife. It's okay. Because I know this isn't what you have planned, but this is something that God has planned. Wow, how we can use that in our life is huge. We make certain plans and things get, things get messed up and we try to blame somebody and God's up there going, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Just hold tight. This is all part of what I want to do in your life, in your family, in your church, in your community or whatever. And so God is telling you, look, it's, it's my plan. It's okay. Just trust me. And that's what Joseph did. Because he went ahead and took Mary as his wife. And he trusted the angel. He trusted God's plan. So when things go wrong, we can, we can give away our kindness. We can give away our trust. And just like Joseph, we can give away honor when honor is due. You know, there's no mention um, for that Joseph need to withhold his intimacy with Mary. Nowhere, nowhere in, this, in this whole Christmas story does the angel say, look, I need you to hold back you being intimate with Mary during this time. Joseph, it says in, in, in the passage that we looked at last week, Joseph voluntarily withheld his own desires to be intimate with Mary until Jesus was born. Now, what that shows to me is it shows Joseph was a man of honor. He honored Mary. He honored God's plan. So when God steps in with a different plan in your life, honor God's plan. Don't step in with your own selfish desires. Honor the plan that God has for you, even though how tough or how difficult it is. And trust me, this first Christmas story was very tough. It was very difficult. You know, it, it wasn't really peaceful. It was a lot of turmoil. But in the end, Joseph showed his generosity. So today, I want to focus in on another character in this first Christmas story. I want to focus in, actually, it's a, it's a group of characters. And, and we're going to look at this and how this group of characters they display generosity in how we can apply it to our lives. And this group is a, is a group of shepherds as they were in the night shift duty of watching their sheep. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And uh, if you want to uh, follow along, you can open up your copy of God's Word. or We have it here on the screen as well. But in Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 20. So we're going to read this passage here of the shepherds, and then we're going to see how this is going to apply uh, to our lives. So Luke chapter 2, verse 8 is where we're at. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. No duh, I would be too. But the angel said to them, 
Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is a Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So, it's amazing that God would use the lowliest job of people in the night shift, right? And, and, and I tell you what, the, the night shift is not, a, it's not a fun thing. I've worked some nights, and I, it wasn't long before I was like, you know, adios, I'm out of here. This is not for me. Some of you, uh, I know there are people in our church who work the night shift, and, and, it's, and it's tough. Some people might like it. It doesn't work for me. But the night shift is when God chose to share the story and the announcement of Christ's birth. And so he wanted to share it to the entire world, and he chose a few shepherds who were probably a little bit tired. But he chose them to share this. So how were the shepherds generous? How do we look at the shepherds and see how they showed a heart of generosity? First of all, we see that the shepherds gave up their security. They gave up their security. And what I mean by this is that the shepherd's job was to watch the sheep. Now, we don't know if, the, if these particular shepherds own this flock of sheep? My guess is probably not. Because if the owner decided to watch a sheep, he'd probably watch them during the day. And he would probably hire some other shepherds to watch his sheep. And so they were camping out in the field, and for them to leave the sheep and to go check out this baby who's born in a barn somewhere, they're going to leave the security of their job to find Jesus. They're going to leave that security. It could have financial implications in their life. And so what we can look at that is this, is that we can display a heart of generosity when we give up the security of our abilities in exchange of finding and knowing our Savior, Jesus. So you might be secure in, in, in certain areas in your life. It could be, you know, in your job. And I'm not saying you need, to, you need to lose your job. You need to walk away from your job. But I am saying this. Whatever you're secure in in your life, you might need to give that up. For instance, some of you this morning 
were really, really secure in your nice warm bed. And you decided to come out and come to, we're a warm, friendly church in a cold room. And it's all great. But you decided to leave your security. Why? Because something told, told your heart, it told your mind, I think maybe God has a word for me today. And by the way, that is my prayer. That God would speak. And God is speaking to you now. And so, some of that, some of you could be secure in areas of, of, of finances. I tell you what, it, it's easy to hold on to our money and be secure in that and not want to give and be generous with God for that. Say, okay, God, here, here's this. Here, here's a tip rather than a tithe or here's just what I can give. And, and know this, you want to give out of your heart and God's going to share with you what to give. But, but when you do give, whether it's your time, your talent, your treasure, whatever you give, you want to pray and ask God, God, what would you have me give? How can I be generous? What area in my life am I holding on to that I'm too secure? What am I holding on to that I'm not letting go? Shepherds, they let go of the sheep to go find Jesus. When you decide to let go of those things that are really, really secure in your life, and you're afraid to let go, I believe you will encounter Christ. You will encounter God more, I mean, abundantly in your life. I believe that. Why do I believe that? I have stories. I have friends that have stories. There are people in this church who have stories of how they have let go and said, you know what? I want to live abundantly. I want to know God to the fullest. In order for me to do that, I have got to let go of the things I hold secure in my life. So they gave up their security. The other thing is they, they gave up their pride. They gave up their pride. The angels, when they told the shepherds where the baby was, they didn't give them an address. They didn't give them, look, it's 42 Main Street. That's where Jesus, that's where this child is, so go there. And I'm not sure if they had addresses back then, but they could have had, maybe given them a little bit of, like, okay, go down the Main Street, turn left, you know, at the baker's shop, and then turn right here on your second street, and you'll find the baby there. There were, there were no <laughs> indications of any directions. And here's why I think that is. What do shepherds do when sheep go astray? They go on a hunt. They find that sheep. They locate that sheep. And when they locate that sheep, they celebrate. Hey, I found the sheep. Bring it back. So shepherds almost get a thrill out of seeking something, finding something. It was a hunt. It was a challenge. Angel's like, hey, there's a baby. He's the son of God. He's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in the manger. That's all I'm going to say. Ready, go. And the shepherd's like, it's on. Game is on. We're going to find this child. Maybe they even split up. <laughs> and who's going to find him first? You know, they get to hold him first or whatever. But, but they were on a hunt because that's what shepherds do. They find 
what is missing. You know, that's what Jesus ultimately came to do. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. And he goes after that one. Why? Because he looks for those things that are missing. That are missing. And so the shepherds, because of the announcement, they say something's missing and we want to go find this Christ child. And so how did they give up? How did they give up their pride? Here's how they would give up their pride. Imagine this. Just, I was thinking about this. Imagine, okay, there's probably lots of, of houses around Bethlehem that probably had some sort of barn or stable, and just people had livestock, you know? And so imagine what they had to do to go to, to a house and say, you know, knock on the door and say, hey, um, I'm a shepherd, and I'm, I'm the sheep over here, and I just want to ask you, do you have, a, is there a baby in your barn in a manger? Imagine how, how silly that would be, going from house to house, hey, I'm the shepherd, and is there, can I just check your barn? Can, can you just open your barn for me to see if maybe there could be a baby in a manger? Babies don't lie in mangers. <laughs> Babies don't lie in mangers. That's for it's for livestock. But they had to find. And so the shepherds let go of their pride as they were seeking to find this child. You know, it's interesting. There's no mention of the star right here at, at Bethlehem. You know, the star was really with the wise men who came from afar. And actually... Biblical scholars say, and you, you need to find in the scripture, that they actually came later when Jesus you know, was maybe a couple of years old. They were still around in and around Bethlehem. So there wasn't a neon flashing sign that says, look here with an arrow. So they had to let go of their pride and they had to search, they had to look. What does that tell us? If you want to be generous in your life, if you want to give God a heart of generosity, you want, to, you want to give away your pride. You want to offer up your pride. You want to be able to say, you know, God, I, uh, I, I want to find you, Jesus. I want to know you in the fullness of so I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to have that life. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to, to, to tell others about you. You know, it, it's very similar it, it, for all the parents in the room. It's kind of like when you lose a child. I've lost children before. And I've told stories before how I've lost them in malls, in, in, in other places, swimming pools, lakes. almost had a kid drown because, I, you know, I mean, went over through a fence and into the pool. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's amazing that all of our kids are, are still with us today. Praise the Lord. But I've lost a child in the mall before, and I just remember running through the mall, running through the mall, just yelling for my child's name. And so you 
may have been in the same situation. Probably not. You probably have a better parent record than I do. And that's a-okay. Because my wife makes it up. <laughs> so, but you, <coughs> as a parent, if you ever lost a child, you don't care what people think about you. You don't care what people say about you. You're going to do whatever it takes to find that child. And so, what God could be telling you today, God could be saying, look, I need your heart of generosity. I want you to be generous by letting go of your pride. Letting go of your pride. You know what would have been a better story for the shepherds? A much better story. And they could have just stopped here. They could have gone back to Bethlehem and said, hey, we just received a rock concert from this awesome heavenly choir in the night sky. And it was amazing. You know, and they'll tell all about the angel. First there was one, and there was a bunch of angels, and it was awesome, and it was so cool. Well, what they say? Well, I don't know. They just, they just sang something, but, but it was amazing. They could have stopped there. It just, that's a better story. Rather than trying to, rather than trying to go house to house looking for a baby in a manger, they let go of their pride. They let go of the pride. Let me bring this home. Let's say for students. Students, you, you could be like, so, so don't tell others that you're just hanging out with some friends when in reality you're going to Wednesday night student Bible study so you can live more like Jesus. Don't try to hide, don't try to hide the fact that you're trying to get close to Christ and become like Him by some sort of made up thing to make, to, to, to make yourself not be like a Jesus freak or whatever. And so, using that as an example, adults, same with you, you could be at work. And, and rather than say, well, I've got something I'm, I'm doing on Saturday. You know, I, I, can't, I can't work on Saturday because I'm doing something. Man, go all the way and say, I can't work on Saturday because, man, we're sharing Jesus to people in our community. It's this thing called Hope for Christmas. And we're expecting a lot of people come. And we're actually sitting down and sharing the gospel with them. And we're giving them um, presents and, and food and, and coats. And we're taking these awesome pictures. And even Santa's going to be there. And it's going to be great. So when you have the opportunity to tell people who you are and who you worship, don't let pride get in the way. Don't just stop at the curtain view of what's on the stage of your life. Don't stop at this curtain view. Open up the curtain and reveal what's on the stage of your life, what's in the heart, what you desire in your life. That's what the shepherds did. Yeah, there were angels. Man, it was awesome. But here's what they said. There's a baby born. He's the son of God. And we found him. We found him. And so that's how the shepherds shared or gave up their pride. So they gave up their security and they gave up their pride. And they were able to, to be generous with those things. But here's, here's really, really important. So what does, that, what does that mean? Or what could be the result 
If you and I lay aside our security, if we give up those things that are secure in our life, we trust in God, and then if we give away our pride, what could be a result of that? First of all, we're gonna I mean we're gonna seek him. It says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all of your heart. So as you seek after Christ, what's going to be the result of that? Number one, you're going to be a generous witness. You can be a generous witness. It says in the passage that we read in, in Luke chapter 2, that the shepherds, they, they saw Jesus... Maybe they held him a little bit, talked to Mary and Joseph. Hey, where are you from? Oh, you're here from out of town? Yeah, the whole, the whole census thing. I know, it, it, it's, it's awful. Oh, you didn't have room? Oh, that's why you're, you're here in a stable. I get it. They're talking to Mary and Joseph. And so as they're talking to Mary and Joseph, they realize, you know, other people need to know about this. And so we are going to be a generous witness so the Bible says they went out and told people in the Bethlehem. They found the child. Say, okay, good. He exists. Hey, angels weren't wrong. Baby in a manger. You don't see that every day. And so then they went to go tell others. They were excited about not only the angel announcement, but the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, was right there in their town. And so they told others. So what that would mean is this. When you... Lay aside your own securities and the things that you trust in, your abilities, your whatever it is. When you lay that aside and you follow what God wants you to do and you lay aside your pride, guess what the result will be? You're going to want to tell others about the life that you have, the abundant life. Because when you lay those things aside and you offer those up as, as a heart of generosity, as an offering, God is going to move into your life in huge way. He's going to turn your life from black and white into technicolor, and you're going to see greater and amazing things as God speaks to your heart and your life. He's going to surround you with people that never existed in your life, and He's going to, uh, he's going to help you get to the next level of the person He wants you to be, all because you laid aside, you gave up your securities, and your pride. And he will move in and do great things in your life. And the only response you're going to want to have is you want to tell others about it. You want to tell others about it. Do you know how that's how you can tell when somebody really accepts Christ? You know, I've, I've led people to the Lord, thank God, and, and just help them with the prayer and that kind of stuff. And I've seen... I've seen some that they accepted Christ and they wouldn't, wouldn't attend the church. I didn't get baptized them and they wouldn't come to church or not just our church, any church. And they didn't really tell much, tell many people about it. You look at their Facebook page. And it's like nothing has changed. And, and whether they're a believer or not, it, that's up to, to God Almighty. But whenever... I lead someone to the Lord who, who really accepts God and brings them into his life, into their, his or her life. You can tell that it's, that, it, it, that stuck, that decision stuck. 
that that seed that was planted was on good fertile soil. Why? Because they went and they told others about their decision. They told others about the decision. And so if you, if you want to be someone who wants to be a better witness, wants to be able to tell others about Jesus, y'all, you can't tell others about something that doesn't really exist. You can't tell others about some great thing in your life that's really not happening. You can't make that up. You want to tell something. You want to tell others about something in your life that's real, that's happening. And the way that something is happening that's real is if you offer up, like the shepherds did, you lay aside your securities and you lay aside your pride and you jump to the next level. And I'm not talking about if you have accepted Christ or not accepted Christ. Yes, you need to make that decision. You need to step across that line of faith and you need to give up securities and pride. But Christians, I'm talking to you as well. Some of you... Some of you are in Christian class 101, and you've been there a long time. And God's like going, you know, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's go to sophomore year in college in this Christianity. Let's go, let's go to our master's degree in this, in this Christian life. Let's improve your faith. God is ready and waiting, and the only thing that's stopping for God moving in in mighty ways in your life is you're not giving up those things you hold tight and you're not giving up your pride. That's it. And, and then when things happen in your life, you have something to tell. You have something to tell. You can tell people all about what's happening in your life. And it's, it's going to be real. And people are going to look at you and go like, you're crazy but I believe in you. You're crazy, but I believe what you're saying. I believe something is really moving in your life. And so, you're going to be a generous witness to others, just like the shepherds. And last, not only will you be a generous witness, you're going to have a generous desire. When you tell others about Jesus, you will desire him more. Did you notice in that passage that we read? After the shepherds went to go tell others, what did they do? Did they go back to their, their fields? I mean, eventually they did, I'm sure, unless they lost their job. But probably not. But eventually they went back to the field. But what, is the, what does God's word say? What did they do? They went right back to the stable. They wanted to hang out with Jesus more. Why? They're like... Man, I like this. This is cool. I mean, how often do you get to hang out with the Son of God? And so they desired Jesus more. And I think the reason they desired Him more because they were telling others. Man, this is exciting. The Son of God, you won't believe it. Yeah, and they're telling others, and they're like, okay, I think we've told everybody. Man, I'm just pumped. I'm excited. I'm not ready to go back to, back to the fields of some stupid sheep. I want to go where Jesus is. And you will have a desire to be with Him. The more you talk about Him, the more you talk about Him to others, then the more you're going to want to be with Him. I see it in my own life, not with Jesus, but with my wife. She's on. I, I like to talk about my wife. She's awesome. 
You know, every once in a while in the community, if I meet, like, if there's like an, a, an attractive lady that I'm meeting through, through a group or whatever, and, and we're talking, I mean, I immediately bring up my wife. I'm like, hi, I'm Frank, and I'm married. Here's a picture of my wife. She's beautiful. And so, but I talk about my wife. And, and the more I talk about my wife when I'm not with her, the more I want to be with her. So I'll send her a text and say, hey, can't wait, you know, dot, dot, dot. And so the more I talk about her, the more I want to be with her, the more I talk about Jesus, the more I want to be with Jesus, the more I desire him in my life. And so do, do you see sort of a, a domino effect? If you want to be at a, at a place in your life where you're like, man, I desire Jesus. I want to know him more. Well, in order to do that, you've got to tell others about him. Just like the shepherds. They're telling others about Jesus. Then they go back to him. You tell others about Jesus, you're going to want to desire him more. But you can't tell others about the things that's happening in your life when things aren't happening in your life. And in order for things to happen in your life, you got to give up some things. you got to have a, a generous heart and say, God, I'm giving you my securities. I'm giving you my pride. I'm moving my life. Do something big in my life so I can tell others about you. And you tell, and it just desires him more. Just desires him more. So, as we close out, I just, I just want to encourage you, just as your pastor and as a friend, this Christmas, as you give gifts, just, you, you and God just need to have a conversation. Say, God, show me what areas in my life that I'm holding on to this between you and me. It could be a habit, you know. It could be financial securities. It could be relationship securities. Whatever it is. Lord, what am I holding on to that I need to surrender to you? And then ask God to help remove the pride in your life. Don't be prideful about searching for Jesus. The shepherd's work, knock on every door. Seek. If you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. That is a promise. God is selling that to you. And then, man, you're going to go to the next level. Tell others about him. It would lead to you desiring him more. So if you desire Christ more this Christmas, I've just given you the formula. I didn't make it up. It's in God's word. We see that in shepherds. Shepherds. The, the people that were probably the least you would suspect that would hear about Christ's birth first. And you may think, well, well Frank, I don't, I don't really deserve, or I don't think God would, would stoop to my level. Yeah, he would, because he showed it to the shepherds. Stinky shepherds hadn't had a bath in a long time. Lowest job. Lowest um, work hour of the job. 
the night shift. You can imagine what kind, of, what kind of men were out there with sheep on the night shift. God did not overlook them because he wanted to call the lowliest. You feel pretty low? Good. That means that God is ready to speak to you. So congratulations. So don't think that, that God doesn't want to speak to you because he does. You did something this week you don't like? You did something last month that you're ashamed of? Confess it, get rid of it, and then allow, ask God to move in. And he's ready to reveal great things in your life. But he is waiting for you to offer up the secure areas in your life and your pride. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, with every head bowed. Father, we, uh, we thank you, Lord, for giving us this word about the shepherds. Thank you, Lord, for sharing with us that the shepherds gave up some things that <laughs> it's hard for us to give up. Lord, it's easier for us to give up a $20 bill than to give up our pride. But Lord, we pray, Father, that you lay aside that pride. And if we pray, Father, that, that as your word was spoken today, that you would speak to the hearts of everyone here today, right here, right now. And, and as I'm talking to you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today and you're like, Frank, I, I've never accepted Christ. I need to step across that line. The prayer is going to go something like this. You can just say, Heavenly Father, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess my sin to you. I need a Savior. Please save me from my sin. Forgive me of my sins and come and be Lord of my life. Here's the key to my heart. I give it to you. And if you're sitting here today and you're just, you're a believer already, but you're ready to go to, you're ready to get out of 101 Christian class. You're ready to go to 2-1 and 301, whatever the next step is. And you've just got some things you're holding on to. The securities and those pride. I, I want to encourage you to just give that over to him. And if there's anyone here today who has made the decision or needs to pray, I'm going to be available right after the service. We encourage you to do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for speaking to us. We give you glory and honor and praise for your heart of generosity. And thank you, Lord, for showing us what the shepherds did and let us live that out. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen.